It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Welcome to another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where we talk mainly about modifieds, but not exclusively. It's really about uh, motorsports in the New England area. But uh, again, we do focus on uh, modifieds of all types, not just the NASCAR Tour, but uh, Tri-Track and uh, any other modified series that's going on. Uh, We want to be a show that brings you the drivers and we want to bring you the stories and we want to bring you the latest news uh we try to do all of that in each show to at least a degree and this show will be no different Uh, kyle souza will be joining me in a moment my name is tom baker from race chaser media it's good to be with you again for another week um souza will be joining me uh after we hear from his feature interview for the week and this one was fun we got dueling kyles on this show kyle ricky is the featured interview this week and you're not going to want to miss this um kyle's Kyle's one of the best, in my opinion, Kyle Ricky, as far as media goes in general. He's got a great voice. He knows a lot about the sport. Um, he's worked his way up from the ground up, and uh, I'm used to hearing him on MRN, where he uh, still plugs in to Coast to Coast and does a bunch of other things as well. But um, Kyle is uh, Kyle's got a lot of very uh knowledgeable opinions on things and uh he and kyle souza the two kyles got together for an interview that i think uh, you're really going to enjoy and uh covered a variety of ground in the interview as well so that's coming up in a moment and then kyle souza will join me and uh, we'll update you on the latest the rumors are flying about uh, the wheel and modified tours comeback but so far no official announcement from nascar about that uh we'll give you the latest that we have and we'll also tell you about uh, whatever else we know about uh, the various uh local tracks and such and just get you as up to date as we can on how things are looking as we continue to be in uncharted territory with this uh, covid virus that has been plaguing our country and basically brought it to a halt uh, for the last couple of months. So uh, looking forward to all of that, we're going to step aside for a moment. When we come back, you will hear from Kyle Souza and Kyle Ricky, and then um, we'll take a break after that, and then you'll hear from Kyle and I uh around the turn so stick around as mainly modifieds gets the green flag for another week we'll be right back with our feature interview right after this is your job sucking the life out of you wake up you can do something else information technology i know what you're thinking but i'm not a math or science person no excuses no problem It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, my computer career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. 
My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Mainly Modifies as we continue to roll through... uh COVID pandemic. Uh, and we've got another special guest for this week. We've talked to different drivers from the SK Modifieds at Stafford uh, and Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. We've talked to NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour competitors. This week, we trend more to our side of the business and the media industry. We'll welcome in Kyle Ricky. Kyle, thanks for joining us uh, on this week's edition of Manly Modifieds. How has the COVID-19 pandemic kind of affected you? I know Motor Racing Network uh, is back to work this past weekend at Darlington, but you're still at home and this has obviously had an effect on what you've been able to do from a racing perspective just like the rest of us well finally it's it's first off it's nice to talk to somebody that's not my family <laughs> yeah for the exactly. first time in, in in 10 weeks yeah um so thanks for having me um yeah you know it's had an effect uh obviously the whole industry for the most part shut down for nine weeks um I was, i'm in a fortunate position where you know one i can work from home here in connecticut and two, I produce a daily show for our 500 stations called NASCAR Today, and that programming doesn't go away. Um, in fact, our stations were looking for more yeah. programming to fill time. So um, I've been busy. You know, I mean, I haven't been busy at TF Green Airport and, and, you know, flying to different cities across the country, but, you know, it's still busy. Um, you know, hopefully the travel starts back up here. You know, I'm hearing next month, potentially, if, if these next couple of weeks go well in Charlotte and Bristol and Atlanta. So, and Martinsville's in there as well. So, so we'll see. But, I mean, for the most part, it really hasn't affected me too bad other than missing, you know, what would have been Talladega a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and missing, uh, just missing being at the track uh, in general. So you're a guy that has grown up at the racetrack, um, announcing up here at Thompson and Stafford, also as media coordinator at Killing Public School District, which is a completely different outside of racing. But let's <laughs> talk about the start in racing. I mean, how did you get to a point where you were announcing in two historic racetracks in Connecticut that are really, if you talk to anybody around the country, they know Thompson and Stafford. So where was that tipping point to get you rolling? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't even know that at the time of <laughs> getting the phone call right. to announce at those racetracks. Right. You know, you don't really know the history until you, you know you're in it. But um, you know, you mentioned Killingly Public Schools. You know, they had offered a, a broadcasting program there when I was in high school. I took it because it wasn't Algebra Two or you know Chemistry, right. and found an interest in it. You know, at the same time, I was interested in motorsports. I had been for a while leading into high school and, um, you know, decided to go on that path of trying to put them both together. And, you know, I started at the radio station here in, in uh, just outside of Killingly in Putnam, W-I-N-Y. Um, another kid in the class, in my broadcasting class, had been working there got me an interview, uh, which landed me a job there for the better part of a decade. Um, and during that decade, I went to Thompson with a tape using WINY's tape machine, did a, did a mock broadcast of the 1996, I think it was, uh, modified tour finale, gave the tape to Russ out at the end of the night, longtime announcer at Thompson. He called me back uh, a couple weeks later and said, you know, we want to try to use you the following season. And, uh, you know, it started at Thompson, and then the intern program started at Stafford, and um, 
Lara, who was doing PR there, my resume, uh, which there wasn't much on it, yeah. and they hired me. You know, they brought me on there, and uh, I've been at both tracks on and off for the most part ever since. So racing is obviously completely different than a school district. Um, so how much, when you look back at that now, I mean, how much different is that? I mean, you you go to a racetrack, you hear the, the sights, the sound, you see the sights, you hear the sounds of the race cars. In the school district, you're dealing with more things about the town and, and, and young students. So that must have been a big difference. Even looking back on it, is there things that you miss about that school district at all that you're not doing now? Yeah, I mean, you can, Dealing with the people and and be, just being around all the different people, um, you know, when I was at the school district, I was working hand in hand for the most part with I don't know 150, 180 teachers yeah. um, in, in our four different buildings. I was dealing with all the kids, you know, mainly the athletes and the uh, the, the musicians, you know, the chorus types. Um, and, you know, to be able to deal with all those different personalities, and, and there are a ton of them, um, you know, I think that's allowed me to adjust better at at the racetrack because, you know, it's like I've seen all the different personalities out there and then can deal with them. I mean, and, and it was fun. You know, the school stuff was fun. I was part of the broadcast team for all the basketball and football and, and soccer. And, you know, if I could do all that, then, you know, announcing a – you know, a street stock race on Friday night at Stafford was pretty easy. Yeah, and that opens the door for you uh, to go to MRN, where you actually were in Connecticut, moved down south, uh, and now you've subsequently moved back up here. What what goes into that move? Did you kind of, uh, I don't want to say get sick of the day-to-day race hub operation, but why come back to Connecticut? I love the, uh, you know, obviously the Northeast, all the racing up here. Was the short tracks kind of playing a role in you coming back up here? Yeah, um... Yeah, you mentioned it being in Charlotte, in that NASCAR bubble, and I was in it for almost 10 years, about nine and a half years. Um, and it was fun. It really was. All the media tours and all the different events at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I only lived about a mile from the racetrack. Um, MRN was based down in Concord, and I was less than a mile from there. And you get to fly to all the different events on private planes, which, you know, was easy. Um you know, it was nice to, to do an event at Kansas and be home two hours later. But, yeah, you know, the family's getting older. Um, Ten days of vacation time or 15 days of vacation time a year just wasn't enough anymore. And I, I kind of determined that I can do everything that I was doing in the office from about anywhere. You know, I you know with technology advancing the way it had over that decade, um, I could do – I didn't need a fancy studio to do – you know, NASCAR today, every day, you know, I could, I've been doing it from hotel rooms on, you know, those Thursday nights or, or Friday mornings. And it's like, I can do it from Connecticut. And they agreed. So they let me come back and I'm still with the network producing stuff every day and traveling, you know, roughly 22 times a year. Um, with the exception of this year. Yeah. And and so you move back up here. Uh, now you're back at those short tracks. I mean, for a race fan that's listening to our podcast, they're, they're obviously familiar uh, with the short track community, the SK Modified, stuff like that. But for Kyle Ricky, what is it about Thompson and Stafford that's so special that when you go somewhere else, you know, down south and you may watch a short track race uh, on an off day that you've got on a travel uh, or even a short track race that's, that's right near Charlotte, what is it about the, the tracks up here that you think are kind of different? 
different from those down south? Is it the community? Is it the divisions? I mean, the SKs are just so awesome to watch. It seems like nowhere else in the country has that style of competition. Yeah, it's the people. Um, it's the community. I think when you look especially at what Stafford has done in the last you know, five or six years, um, there, there, I don't think there's a community in, in short track racing, uh, at least in New England, that is like what Stafford has been able to put together. We'll touch on it a bit with the iRacing stuff, but I think it's kind of proven that with uh, what they've been able to do with that program on Friday nights. But, you know, you don't know what you have until you lose it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I took Stafford, I took Thompson for granted, and then you go to Charlotte, and you go to all these other short tracks, and it's like, man, you know, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, you know, the programs were different. The, the the community was different. It was a completely different culture, and you know, honestly, it wasn't for me. Um, after, you know, and then you know, you come home, you know, three four times a year, and you go to Thompson and Stafford. And the more I did that, the more I wanted to move back. And it took ten years, but ultimately, I moved back. Um, you know, and I, I would visit a lot of short tracks down south. You know, I'm a short track guy, right? Um, but you know, you get there and. I'm sorry, but a Saturday night at Hickory or a Friday night at Greenville Pickens just isn't Friday night at Stafford or, you know, Thursday night at Thompson. Yeah. It's just not the same, and I have to agree, and I think probably most of our listeners, uh, maybe some of our new listeners are from down south, so we want you to try to check out uh, the Northeast Racetracks at some point post-COVID. So we talked about how COVID's affecting you. Obviously, it's affecting the short tracks up here. Stafford, Thompson, Seacon, giving up into New Hampshire and Maine, uh, Connecticut, New York. uh, No real short track racing going on, and honestly, there's no real insight about when it might begin. I know there's some tracks in New Hampshire running some practice sessions, but practice this is not the real thing. Uh, as far as short tracks, and more specifically the NASCAR wheel and modified tour, things are kind of at a halt uh, here, and we're hitting the beginning of June. It's definitely weird, uh, first of all, to not see any cars on the track, but a guy that's been around the racing industry and has a lot of people in the racing industry like I do that he knows up here, what are you hearing about how people are kind of navigating this? Because it seems to me the more people I talk to, they just want to go on the track, uh, and they're willing to kind of, I guess, in a sense, roll the dice uh, on possibly catching COVID uh, because they just want to go back racing so bad. Yeah, and that's the passion in, in what they do and what we do. I, you know, as far as navigating it right now, it's a day at a time. I feel like especially, you know, in the two states that as we, as we take this, um, you know, Massachusetts and Connecticut, for the most part, the only two states in the country that are still shut down. Right pretty tight um everybody else has moved at least into a phase one and you know unfortunately all the tracks that we're talking about are in those two states so uh, you know i mean uh, again it's day to day it's affecting every track different um i think every track of the four you know that are in these two states have a different business model you know when you look at say Thompson, you know, they've changed their business model quite a bit in the last seven or eight years. Yeah. And they need cars on the racetrack. Um, you know, that they, they have budgeted for what, five days a week right. minimum between April and October. And, you know, they've lost April, they've lost May and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in June. Um, you know, Stafford, I think has made the best of it. I mean, it's a family run operation, pretty tight already over there. Um, so 
So I think, you know, if, if they got the green light to open up in June, early July, you know, they'll be good to go um, and get somewhat of a season out of it. But they've, again, made the best of it with the iRacing stuff where, you know, there's 60, 70, 80 drivers right. between Wednesday and Friday, and you're one of them, to come in there and play. And, uh, you know, in Seekonk, obviously, they budgeted during the offseason to promote two nights a week, Friday and, and Saturday programs, and they've been able unable to do either. So, now it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think if we can get going here in the next month or so, um, it'll be somewhat – you know, it'd be like having a couple of rainouts in May. Yeah. But if it goes much longer than that, um, you'll definitely see some some long term effects. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, from a Seekonk perspective, continuing to work with uh, local government officials and trying to figure out when that date is going to be that they're going to let us go back to the track. Uh, and don't fret, the racetracks want to go back racing. Uh, the racetracks are ready. They come up with a plan, most of them, on how they're going to keep people safe. Uh, and looking forward to seeing how that works. So on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour front, obviously, as of this recording uh, here, as we sit here on a Tuesday morning, there's been no official announcement about the return to NASCAR wheel and modified tour racing. But we do know that May 30th, they're going to be back in competition uh, down south. And through sources that I have, uh, and I'm sure you've heard a similar thing, we're, we're going to make a core of races mostly down south uh, to start 2020, strictly because those states are open uh, and those states are the ones that are going to be accessible for competition to start. My thoughts on that, very simply, it's going to be difficult for the drivers and teams to make that work if the races are stacked up week to week uh, where they have to go down south back to New England, New England back down south very quickly. If it's more spread out, it might be accessible. Uh, but from a guy that travels a lot uh, and talks to these modified tour teams like I do, what do you get for a sense? Uh, and what are your thoughts on starting the season down south? I think right now it's basically the only alternative if we want to go racing. Well, and yeah, it is. And there's, listen, there's nobody that wants to see the modifieds on track more than you and I probably. Yeah other than the drivers and, and the team owners, but I think it has to be done smart. Um, the Modifieds are a Northeast, New England, New York division. The teams are up here. The fans are up here. And that's why it works. You know, when Thompson swings their gates open and, you know, it's a 35 or $40 ticket for the icebreaker, people show up, people pay it because they love the Modifieds and, and they love what, you know, the Modifieds, Mina Thompson. Uh, same thing at Stafford, same thing at Seacon. You know, all the tracks that, you know, New Hampshire, that run the tour. I don't know if that model's going to work Yeah. at Myrtle Beach, at, at Hickory, at Greenville Pickens, at, you know, any of these other southern short tracks that are starting to open up that, you know, we, I think we've all heard rumblings about the tour going to. And, you know... Can these team owners travel 700 or 800 miles south? Can they afford to do it, first of all, um, and and run a race with maybe a reduced purse? I mean, face it, you know, the track isn't going to be able to charge what the Northeast tracks charge because it's a division that's unknown to many down there. So I, 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 I like the concept. I just hope... Again, the long-term effects, you know, aren't more damaging than 
than uh, the virus. Yeah, and that that's a, a sentiment that I think a lot of race teams share. I share, you share, uh, and most in the industry probably share. Obviously, NASCAR wants to get back to modified tour racing. The drivers want to get back too. Just talking to car owners and drivers, they have equipment that they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on that they don't want to see uh, sit in the garage all summer, but they also want to be safe uh, and adequate about it. So looking forward to seeing that official plan uh, sometime later this week. You might be listening a couple days after that plan has eventually come out, so all this is null and void, but uh, nonetheless, at least you've got some perspective on it. Uh, before we let you go, Kyle, we want to transfer over to iRacing. You mentioned it earlier. I've been in competition. There's been a controversial finish uh, over the last couple weeks, but what has this been like? You mentioned the community at Stafford. I think it's great that they've put this together, but from your perspective in the booth, you kind of got your first announcing shot probably three weeks ago now uh, in the booth. How different is this than announcing real-life racing? Uh, it's a completely different ball game for most of us that are driving. I don't drive in real life, but I can go on there and win virtually, so that goes to show me that it's not the same thing as real life. Uh, but the announcing perspective has to be somewhat similar uh, in the way you might go about it. Yeah, no, it's similar. Um, <clears throat> it's tougher um, because I'm only getting one screen. You know, It's not like I can just look out the booth and pick out a battle that you know I can focus on. You know, I'm focused on what the folks at home are seeing now, and that's because I don't have the iRacing program. There, there's other platforms where, uh, like Jeff McConey, who's also one of the announcers, he has iRacing. He lives on it, much like you, apparently. Yeah. And and you can go into a, a broadcaster mode and have more ability to watch other angles that aren't being shown to the folks at home, yeah. um, which I don't have that ability. So, you know, I'm okay with, with and I've adapted to, to what I do have. You know, I, we've figured out the audio stuff. I've figured out how to get timing and scoring. And I've been able to watch the live feed um, straight from the folks that produce it from the Global Sim Network. Um, and it's worked. And, and every week I get a little more comfortable with it. It, it's been fun. It's it's amazing to to see the the community come together. As, as you mentioned, um, you know, it's, I, who would have thought three months ago that one we'd be doing this, and two we'd have full fields of Stafford regular drivers. You know, guys and girls that are registered for 2020 and, and teams that competed competed from a year ago, filling these fields week after week after week, and and you know, it's been really a great opportunity and it's content that I know Stafford strives themselves on putting out content every week. And it's content that people have really been able to eat up. Uh, you know, you look at the view counts and when you can put out an iRacing event up and get 1,500 to, you know, 4,000 views in the course of 24 hours, that's a you know pretty good deal yeah. uh, for a you know, a local racetrack. You know, I think the only other track that really has embraced it like this is probably Knoxville uh, with their iRacing program. There's a couple of others out there, little tours that have, have been formed. It's great. You know, and I, I think it'll continue even after the real season starts. We'll see more of it, say, around the holiday time yeah. when we're looking for something to do. 
Yeah, and that's opening the door uh, for for more racing to come and hopefully at least get us through uh, the end of this pandemic, which I hope uh, is coming very, very soon. Uh, And one thing we didn't have in our kind of run sheet here from Alien Modifieds that I now want to touch on before I let you go is Doug Kobe, uh, a guy that you're familiar with, a guy that's won six tour championships, and a guy that you were down in Charlotte with me at the end of the year. He kind of got that news uh, after the whole celebration had taken place at Thompson for the World Series. He obviously goes down to Charlotte after already getting that news, kind of not knowing uh, where his future is going to be on the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour. And then now he gets his own team. He started his own gig and hoping that it kind of works out for him. I've talked to him a couple times in and out of quarantine. It's it's helped him in a sense to kind of get his stuff together a little bit better. They weren't going to be 1 million percent prepared. They were going to be ready. Don't get me wrong for South Boston, March 21st. But obviously the extra time is good. But from a guy that's been around this industry for a while and seen what Doug's done in the track, much like I have. What do you think about him starting his own team? I mean, this is going to be an interesting endeavor for him uh, and something for us to watch going forward on if he's going to be able to be as successful as he was with Mike Smiriglio with his own operation and his own people. It's similar people, but a little bit different ball game when he's uh, wearing that owner's hat, I think, as well. Yeah, it's a different ball game, but uh, ultimately, I think it'll be the same game and it'll, it might take him a couple of races to get adapted. I think he will benefit more from this shutdown than, than most because, you know, it was a very, very busy January and February in, in putting the team together and, you know, getting everything assembled. I love that he's going back to the 10, you know, his number that he ran at Stafford for, for so many years um, in late models and postdocs. And, and now he's kind of bringing it back to the modified I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be challenging for the championship if, you know, when we get going um, because of the experience that he has on the tour. Um, I don't think there's many drivers left that have been on the tour as long as he has. You know, he knows how to find success. Even, even those years that he struggled, he still either won the championship or finished second in the standings. Uh, you know, the year that Ryan won the title. Back uh, five, six years ago now. So I like it. I think, you know, there's a lot of other teams that, that see what he's doing that think, okay, you know, this might open the door for us now because the powerhouse team is no more. But it's kind of still really there with, with Doug. And, um, you know, it's going to add a, a, a new storyline, no doubt, to the tour this year and a, and a fun storyline to follow and see how he develops. And I, I don't think it'll take very long for him to get the victory lane. Yeah, uh, and I, I agree. I think we share that sentiment together. Uh, and I think most people uh, in the modified industry, too. Speaking of modifies, hoping they can get back on track uh, May 30th. The details surrounding that event uh, down in South Carolina at Myrtle Beach Speedway, where it is uh, scheduled to happen, still not quite available uh, as of this taping, not even to the sense of whether you know, are there, is there going to be a little bit of a less purse? Uh, is there going to be a reduced schedule? Is it going to be just a couple hour operation? Are they going to do something similar to cup with no practice? I don't think so. It's possible. Uh, looking forward to seeing all those details, looking forward to hopefully getting back to the track soon. Kyle, I want to thank you for taking some time, uh, to sit with us this morning, uh, and look forward to hopefully getting you back on a plane in the near future, albeit with a face covering, uh, for the immediate future. Uh, and look forward to seeing you at the track soon. I got my Disney masks ready to go. Just uh, 
you know, tell me where to go and when to go, and I'll be there. Look forward to it. I think that's the plan for most of us. Uh, when we come back from a quick break uh, here on Mainly Modifies, as we let you listen to some of our partners that have joined the show, we will discuss iRacing. We discussed it with Kyle Stafford, was back on track last week. I was not invited to the Invitational, but it was real-life modified drivers. Some interesting racing going on there. Seekonks back in action with their road trip tour uh, this coming Thursday. We'll talk about that and talk a little bit more about that impending NASCAR wheel and modified tour schedule. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back on Manly Modifieds. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Welcome back to Mainly Modifieds. Uh, we have now the one and only Kyle Souza joining us uh, on the program and uh, just had a chance to obviously hear from Kyle Ricky. Kyle is one of my favorite media people, to be honest with you, uh, Kyle Souza. You know, again, here's a guy who, you know, really came from the grassroots and so many of, of uh, the NASCAR guys did, didn't they? But Kyle uh, started on a local level and, you know, now Announced at Thompson, announced at Stafford, and worked for a school district for a bit before he got to MRN and still plugs into MRN and does a bunch of things. And, um, you know, just to hear him talk about uh, all of the the different subjects of the day was uh, a lot of fun and, and uh, very uh, appreciative of uh, Kyle Ricky for taking the time to talk with us on Mainly Modifieds. Yeah, I agree, uh, Tom. Hadn't talked to Kyle I've been texting back and forth with him uh, for a good chunk of the quarantine period, just about racing uh, and different things. Kyle, like me, is a is an avid div, uh, Disney fan. We've spent a lot of time at Disney, especially over the last couple of years. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together. So good to catch up with him, talk yeah. racing, which is something we do on a, a personal basis, but not necessarily on a, something like a podcast basis. Nice to chat with him. We heard a lot of things uh, in that interview with him. You mentioned him growing up at Short Tracks. Uh, we talked a lot about short tracks in new england how they operate what what covid might be doing to them uh but i want to touch on one point uh that he made at the end of this that's kind of going to help us to transition to what is coming for the nascar wheel modified tour here over the next couple of weeks okay he mentioned doug kobe uh at the end of the interview we talked about doug kobe and how the nascar wheel modified tour season obviously would have been a bit different if it started with kobe with a different ride he thinks that this is going to be you know, everything on the floor, throttle to the floor. Uh, Doug Kobe's going to be the same Doug Kobe, uh, and the team's going to be basically the same people. And there shouldn't be much flaw going on there to get going with 2020. We've talked about this before. We talked to Doug way back when he first announced it. I have to agree. I just think Doug's got more time to get everything in place over the last couple of months. And to me, that's a scary thought. Uh, if I'm a competitor, that Doug Kobe had more time than me to get rolling. Well, it is a scary thought. And, you know, here's another thing. The, the you know, I call it, I'll call it the pucker factor, okay? The, the enthusiasm factor. It's not to say that Doug hasn't been excited to come and, and go and run for Mike Smeriglio and win all those championships, whatever. But here's the thing. He now has his own 
team. So he's going to, I think, come out with a little bit of adrenaline. He's doing his own thing now. He's in charge. He's got his people in place. They got a really good race car. He's going to come out ready to show people that Doug Kobe in Doug Kobe's car is no different than Doug Kobe in, you know, Mike Smarglio's car. It's it's uh it's going to be a new thing for him and I think it's it's almost like, you know, time to show off the hot rod he's got his old number on the car i think he's there, there's a number of reasons why i think that doug kobe is going to come out of the box super strong and of course you know you never know what you're going to face with uh with a new team and, and maybe you know situations or whatever that come as a result of that there might be some new car bugs or whatever just you know because it hasn't been um the same business as usual but with an extra couple of months to prepare i wouldn't expect that i would expect doug kobe to come out and uh try to you know show the world that um it's no different now. It's just a different car owner. <laughs> you know, crew chief is the same. I would assume a number of the crew, at least, are the same. Um, the car looks a little different, and somebody else is paying the bills. That's pretty much about it. Yeah, and that's going to open the door for Doug uh, to get back into competition, hopefully soon. Uh, and as I say that, Tom, we might as well transition uh, to what's been the hot topic uh, yeah. of social media here. Tell us what you know about the return of the wheel and modified tour we've heard a lot of rumors what do we know for sure yeah uh and this is a hot topic definitely along not just the modified community but every race community and that includes dirt dirt car drivers dirt car fans uh in new york all the way to asphalt tracks up and down the east coast listen some of these tracks have been open down south uh some tracks have already held events some of them without fans i've seen some of them run with fans uh and we talked a lot about how this might affect race tracks i talked some with kyle in our interview We've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. What we do know about NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Racing is the first seven races of the season have been postponed. We canceled Martinsville, not going to happen in 2020. We canceled Iowa, not going to happen in 2020. The other five, South Boston, uh, Thompson Sizzler, Stafford's, uh, excuse me, Thompson's Icebreaker, Stafford Sizzler, Riverhead, Seacott, Jennerstown, that's actually six races that have been postponed. NASCAR saying they're going to work with the tracks to try to find a rescheduled date. But the reality of the situation is the longer this goes on and the longer the restrictions are in place with gatherings that are going to be necessary to go racing, the less of a chance most of those events get rescheduled in 2020. The tracks know that. NASCAR knows that. They're coming out saying they're hoping to reschedule. Obviously, they hope to, but the chances of getting all of those races in are low. What we do know about going forward NASCAR had a conference call with Modified Tour team owners, drivers, and the like last Friday. So about a week ago, they commenced on a conference call, got some updates about what could be coming here over the next couple of weeks. And the tentative plan is to go back NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Racing on May the 30th. And that's pretty quickly coming up upon us. As we tape this on the 19th and it drops on the 19th, that's 11 days from now. We're planning to go back racing. All the details surrounding that opening event uh, in the revised 2020 schedule, not quite available, though I can tell you, obviously everybody in the modified community has seen on social media one way or another that it is likely going to be at the Myrtle Beach Speedway. Uh, in South Carolina, NASCAR is working out some details, some sanctioning agreements, you know, some different details that need to be worked out. Our fans right. going to be allowed, stuff like that. But this is an opportunity for the modified tour to get back racing, 
with a lot of questions uh, surrounding it, Tom, and I'm not sure that even by the time they get to the track on May 30th, we might still not have all the answers uh, to these questions that we have. Well, and it's interesting, too, when you look at this, because Myrtle Beach, obviously we've been there before, right? The tour opened for a couple of years there, and so it's a familiar track, and this is Myrtle Beach's final season of competition before the track closes and uh, i think it's going to be coming out wet mall like pretty much everything else on that road uh it, that part of myrtle beach there's a lot of outlet malls and i think this is going to be another one but um which is sad but i think that the biggest the biggest thing i think about is as a fan and and someone who's kind of been on all sides of this number one this is a huge, if this happens, this is a huge travel ask for all the teams on short notice uh, under a situation where you wonder, I mean, I think about, you know, these guys are coming from New England states, New York, Pennsylvania, Northeast, most of them. Are they going to have to quarantine when they come back to their home states, for example? There are complications here because of COVID and because of short notice. I mean, the crew is going to be able to get the time off now at this late date to be able to all go. Most of these guys are working people. There's not too many full-time, you know, full-time crew members uh, and certainly, you know, not not any full-time driver as far as I know. Um, So... Excuse me. This is going to be a very interesting uh, situation. There's a lot of layers here to peel back and a lot of things to get in place before you can go racing in uh, 10 or 11 days. And so, um, you know, this is going to be a, a really interesting thing to see if this if all of the pieces and all of the procedures and everything can be worked out uh, on short notice to get the uh, modified tour to Myrtle Beach, but certainly uh, a great opportunity to, to sort of go out in style, help Myrtle Beach to go out in style with a modified race, um, you know, that they weren't scheduled to have, obviously, um, this year. So I love the idea, but... I just wonder about all of the moving pieces and the short notice that we have, if we're going to be able to um, make this all happen or not. This will be very interesting to see what um, what NASCAR can do here to put uh, all those pieces in place and to see if everybody is able to make the trip. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, over the next probably couple of days here. We sit here on a Tuesday, probably the next week. Yeah, uh, We're really going to know what the situation is this time next week. And, and the big question a lot of people have come to me with, my phone's been absolutely exploding uh, since sure. it's kind of yeah. leaked out over the last couple of weeks. The, the, the general consensus, though, that I want to give is, is I don't know all the answers. I don't think that NASCAR knows all the answers uh, right now. Jimmy Wilson's obviously working tirelessly, I'm sure, uh, to try to figure it all out. Sure. But there are a lot of protocols uh, that are going to go into this return to NASCAR wheel and modified tour racing. Not and, and really, to be honest with you, it's not, it's not even the cars on the track. That's the least of the concern. Well, exactly. Uh, around this pandemic, I mean, the number one concern for Jimmy and NASCAR is going to be how they can keep these race teams safe. How can they restrict certain people from coming in the pit area to not put anybody at risk? You know, are they going to check temperatures when they come in? Obviously, uh, this is going to be. You know, I don't want to I don't want to tread lightly, but it, it is going to be an utter mess uh, to figure out 
over the next week or so. I, I don't want to be in the situation that Jimmy's in. Obviously, he's in a situation where he can help make a lot of people happy uh, to bring NASCAR wheel and modified tour racing to the track. But there are so many moving parts uh, to this situation and the opener of the 2020 season. And not even just that Myrtle Beach, if it happens there. What happens going forward? I mean, how many weeks in between races? I, you know, I talked about this with Kyle, Tom. The bigger thing to me, outside of just this first race, which is going to get squared away, how often are these teams going to have to go down south to compete in 2020? Because I don't see much racing going on Connecticut up, at least to get going until middle to deeper in the summer. And that's going to hurt the tour schedule. And they're obviously, at this point, going to have to throw everything they had away for a schedule, maybe minus the last two or three races, and redo the whole thing. And that is a complete mess uh, for NASCAR to try to figure out. Well, it is. And really, I mean, again, it's there's a little bit of irony here, isn't there? I mean, they basically dropped the Southern Modified Tour a few years back and kind of combined everything and made it more of a Northeast focus with just a couple of shows a year down here. And now we end up in a situation where you'd at least want to depend on the South for the bulk of your schedule, but then how much of a problem does that present? Again, these teams can't, they aren't full-time teams. I mean, this isn't the cup series where you've got a full-time staff and you just go wherever you, you have races. Um, you know, these people work for a living. So it's, this is going to be, as you say, a mess. I mean, I, it's a nightmare is what I would say for Jimmy and, and his staff it's a it's it's a huge challenge and there are a lot of obstacles and a lot of you know pieces to that have to be put in place the right way um to be able to go racing in the south once let alone in 10 days let alone if we're going to try to do this multiple times um that's a that's a big ask i'm not sure you're going to get um, a num a, a large number of teams that can come down here, you know, five, six, eight, ten times in in the course of of the summer season. I I I just don't know that. So it will be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be a a challenge for sure. And you know, as a fan, I love seeing the tour come back, or I love the idea of it. But as someone who understands the intricacies of how this all has to work, at least to a point, um, I don't understand it like Jimmy does, I'm sure. Um, but I understand enough to know that this is, it's not just as simple as saying, hey, boys, come on, we're going racing in 10 days. This is a completely different level of planning and procedures having to be put in place and you want to do it safely and you know, it's uh, and the timing of it in 10 days, that's that's a lot to ask. It's it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how they pull this off, if in fact they can. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to know, like I said, a lot more about this here in the next couple of days. Going to definitely uh, be able to plan out what's coming uh, and we'll see. What happens uh, with that NASCAR wheel modified tour race coming up on May the 30th? We'll also obviously find out sometime soon what's coming up uh, for the future, not just on that Myrtle Beach date, but how many races are coming up in what period of time uh, and what kind of driver field are we going to be getting? I think that's the other before we transition away. This is the other thing, Tom, that, that's going to be interesting to find out how many of, the, of these drivers are going to be willing 
uh, to go down south and compete multiple times, never right. mind once. Um, we've talked to some of them. I've talked to a lot of the car owners and drivers. The real problem that some of these guys have right now is they have put a lot of money and time into these race cars, and they don't want that to be lost uh, with them sitting in the garage over the summer. But you have to wonder how many of these teams are going to be able to feasibly make this work uh, if there's multiple races out of the area. Yeah, that's see, that's the other piece to this, right? Because, again, the travel is and that's why I keep emphasizing it the travel is really the key here for the teams you know it's it's not so hard for NASCAR to come up from Florida it's easier for them to come from Florida and do a show at Myrtle Beach or Hickory or South Boston or wherever than it is to um, go all the way up to New England and do a show right but it's harder for the teams who bear the bulk of the travel costs um, it it's hard for them to keep coming down here to the south there's just not uh there, there's not a a large supply of full-time crew members and if you're going to travel from the new england area as you well know kyle down to myrtle beach um that's a you you've got a a, a whole day of travel at minimum um and then you've got to go racing and then you got to have a whole day back and um you you can only do that just so many times before people run out of vacation and such. And then you have the whole added question of, you know, racing money, so to speak, or fun money, because a lot of people are laid off and haven't been working for a while. You know, these are the things that we're going to start to discover as we try to do this at this level. You know, how many, how much of the tour is affected by COVID in these various ways? Um, I don't know. I just think it's a real challenge, and I, I hate that we we can't seem to get any of the the tracks up there going right now. Um, you know, but again, uh, that that's its own set of challenges, starting with municipalities uh, and their whims and and wishes. So, you know, I don't know. This is going to be interesting. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Myrtle Beach can work. My big question i would have is okay then what um you know and how many there are certainly tracks here that can run without fans um in theory but you know you've got sanction fees and things like that to consider so um i i'm afraid that this is going to be sort of a let's do one and then let's figure out the next one kind of scenario um i'm not sure that everything's going to be able to line up like it has say for the cup series you know it'd be nice if we could do you know three or four at stafford and do two or three at thompson you know then the new york tracks maybe by july or august are open where you could you know but that all didn't work out very well we've already canceled the race in the south and then the big midwest race at iowa which is you know that area wasn't going to be ready and it's it was the biggest travel you know period for the teams so um i don't know man this is uh this is uncharted territory we haven't been here before kyle and i applaud jimmy and and his staff because i can only believe that um he may not need a haircut when uh the salon's open his hair may be falling out trying to figure out this uh all of this it's it's like a big jigsaw puzzle and you're just trying to make a whole bunch of pieces fit and it's not nearly as easy as some people would probably assume it might be 
No, I agree. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. Before we transition to iRacing, uh, I do want to make a couple other quick notes of Yo. things that have gone on up here in New England over the last week. Uh, basically, what ended up happening uh, with the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour is also similar to the Tri-Track Open Modified Series. They've now had to postpone their last three NASCAR, uh, me, not NASCAR, tour-type modified races right. on the Tri-Track Series. They were originally scheduled to go at Monadnock, Claremont, and Seekonk between May and July. They have rescheduled the Open Wheel Wednesday, $10,000 to win uh, Modified Madness show at Seekonk. That was originally July 1. Obviously, restrictions are going to withhold them from holding eight to 10,000 people in the arena at Seekonk sure. by uh, July 1st. So they have rescheduled that event for August the 26th. Uh, now, as you're talking to somebody that's in the know, obviously that date is fluid as well. Uh, not real clear about what uh, phase Seekonk is going to fit into this reopening, and, and it's kind of bizarre, to be honest with you. Some of the other states, the racetracks open in phase one Yeah. Uh, for testing. Some of the states like Massachusetts, the racetracks somehow are phased into the same uh, capacity as baseball stadiums like Fenway Park in our area. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a, I guess, a waiting period here uh, to see exactly what's going to happen when it comes to real life racing and Seekonk, uh, but the modified portion of that tri-track event on July 1st already postponed. They're going to reschedule that. They're still looking to reschedule Monadnock and Claremont, but at this point, obviously, same type of thing. Nobody really knows what's going to happen, so no sense in trying to reschedule an event uh, that is, doesn't have $10,000 on the line. Number two, speak of those New Hampshire tracks. They did get some guidance from the state over the last couple of days to start holding practice sessions and track rentals. That is a good sign uh, that they're able to start doing this. That tells me that the governor of New Hampshire and his team are hearing the barrage of people that are probably at this point harassing him uh, to let yeah. the racetracks open. Um, but the door is open. Uh, and I don't know exactly all of the situation down there, Tom, but the door at least open up here for racing, but it's going to be a tough sled uh, to make it think that things are going to be normal by the time the middle of the season comes. Well, yeah, we're seeing more and more racing down here as well. Um, we've, we we had a couple of races last week, Hickory raced and, and a couple of the dirt tracks raced and um, North and South Carolina are able now for the ones who want to try it without fans, that is, to go racing. And, you know, some of the tracks are working with pay-per-view scenarios. I don't know how long a lot of them are going to be able to kind of get away with that um we won't know that until we're kind of two or three weeks in i think so tracks can assess how they're doing with that in terms of revenue but uh, we've got a fairly robust slate of races over the next uh, couple of weeks between north and south carolina not all the tracks are back but uh Again, a number of them who are venturing into that water of of no spectators, um, they're they're given the option to race if they want to, as long as you put in the proper, you know, precautions of social distancing and mask wearing and taking everybody's temperature and all of that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, you guys up there, I think, are going to be slower to get back to that point, and so. Whether it's tri track or the modified tour or pass or you know it doesn't matter um you know super mods at oswego it's it's a moving target right now as far as when you could open and run races and then if you have to decide if you think you can successfully make the no fans model work because I would really wonder to be honest um 
if we're going to see spectators allowed at least a full grandstand at any racetrack in the Northeast at all this year. I'm I'm really not, I wouldn't put any money on that at this moment. But again, by the time we get to next week's show, um, that's how fluid this is still. We're, we're kind of, it seems like some governors are making it up as they go. So, you know, it's it's just really, uh, it's hard for, for those of us trying to plan a schedule of, I'm going to go cover this race here, cover this race there. It's a little harder this year, right? Because we don't have, the, you, you can only talk about this weekend. It's a little harder to get past that because in a lot of areas, we just don't know from week to week what's going to be able to go on or not. Yeah. Uh, and this is the situation that we live in. Uh, and it's going to be the situation that we live in here going over the next couple months at least, uh, but probably over the next year or more. Uh, and, you know, racetracks without fans, not really official racetracks at that point. I don't know where, you know, where some of these racetracks are going to come up with that money to do that on a yeah. full-time basis and still pay the, the full purse. So uh, that's all going to be interesting. On the iRacing front, just a couple of quick updates uh, on that front. For this week, last week, Stafford was back in competition, uh, and then they changed this kind of event as one of their last, uh, as part of the original series that they put together, as a real-life modified driver-only race. Uh, and I was happy to see this for a number of reasons. Number one, these real-life drivers uh, have not had a chance to plug their sponsors, obviously, on the track at all in 2020. Right. So this was a good opportunity for them to showcase their sponsors uh, on a guess a national level in a sense, but on a broadcast uh, that's going to get them the publicity. Uh, and they were able to do that. 26 cars started. It was Brian Narducci picking up the win. Uh, obviously, we're all familiar with his success being a two-time Division Three NASCAR national champion the last two years and winning a bunch of races up here and a championship yep. uh, at Thompson in the SK Lights. He picked up the win. Mike Christopher Jr. was up there at the end. Uh, pretty good show uh, for 80 laps of tour-type modified competition. In the midst of what they did there last Friday, they've also announced uh, a little bit of a new upcoming schedule for their iRacing tour since their opening is delayed until at least June 20. Uh, so they're going to take full advantage of that and roll right through until at least June 20 uh, with some more Friday night events starting this Friday night with late models. They're going to run SK Modifieds, super late models, uh, and tour-type Modifieds again. So a mix of a couple different cars uh, coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. And also, Tom, looking forward to getting back behind the wheel uh, this coming Friday night to see if I can get back to winning more money and winning more races. I do have to say uh, these iRacing sponsorships would not be possible without great sponsors behind it. Well, of course. And that's that's what's been fun, too, is to see how creative some of the tracks and series have gotten with their sponsorships to be able to. And obviously, you're not talking big, big dollars, but in most cases, but um, <clears throat> to be able to put a little purse together, a little championship points fund together, if that's what you wanted to do. Um, and it's it's good that you can keep some of the track and or series sponsors involved in a very small way uh again it's it's a um it's a simulation and it's a it's a way to sort of keep the band together and uh go play some some smaller clubs if you will before we we get back to the the big thing and um you know i'm glad that the technology is there to do that and it sounds like both stafford and seaconk have done it to a very uh good level and in 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 just a lot of fun for everybody uh and the fans seem to be enjoying it up there from what i'm seeing 
Yeah, uh, and looking forward to seeing what's to come with this new four-week series that they're putting in place. I'll be back in competition uh, this coming Friday night. Looking forward to hopefully get back to kicking butt uh, and winning more money. <laughs> All Faces Renovation uh, sponsored the first couple of races, and I will say, you know, completely blatantly honest with you, I made more than $350 um, competing on iRacing in Stafford's run. So right. it's worth it. Uh, for a driver, it's worth it for a fan. They do have races that you can try to qualify into the big show on. Uh, so looking forward to going back to that this week. Also, Tom, before we step aside and uh, get back to trying to figure out what's going to go on with this Myrtle Beach event coming here in the next couple weeks uh, before next week, do want to also mention that Seekonk's Road Trip Tour and iRacing is also back this coming Thursday night. They've nice. got two of their eight races complete, so six more to go. Uh, they're visiting the Irwindale Speedway out in California on Thursday night. Uh, going to be a busy week of competition for iRacing, not only on this level, but also a high level. And then obviously with the NASCAR National Series back in competition, that is a big deal as well uh, with Darlington starting it off and then eventually coming back to Charlotte and your neck of the woods. Uh, so looking forward to seeing how everything goes. Really looking forward to seeing how this NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour season gets off the ground running, what's going to happen with these New England racetracks over the next couple weeks, uh, and what's going to happen with the tracks down south. Are they going to be able to operate like this with Modified Tour racing? Are people going to have to quarantine? There are about a million questions uh, that I could bring to your table right now, but we would be here for at least a couple hours uh, bringing <laughs> up all the different points. So looking forward to continuing the discussion uh, next week and seeing what's to come here uh, in the near future for Modified Racing. Well, it uh, it is a moving target, isn't it? And it's going to be interesting to see what uh, the next few days bring in terms of the return of the Modified Tour and what's happening with some of the other series. So uh, we'll stay on top of it. Of course, uh, each of us, uh, Kyle with, with his uh, social media and uh, us at Race Chaser Media with ours. Uh, and, and if we need to pop back on for another podcast at some point between now and next week or Facebook live of some sort to give you uh the update uh we'll certainly look at doing that and uh, we want to we want to be a source for you and at the same time we want to be a source of entertainment for you too so um until next week we will uh say good day as they uh as they say uh until next week, uh, for Kyle Souza, I'm Tom Baker. Thanks, all of you, for listening. We appreciate it in sharing the show. Uh, the numbers continue to climb, and we're excited every time a few more people join the party. Uh, we know that it's a process here, and we're in this for the long haul. We certainly enjoy talking modifieds, and uh, we want you to enjoy it as well. So uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of Mainly Modifieds. Until then, for Kyle Souza, I'm Tom Baker. Once again, thanks for listening. So long. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit racechasermedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.